Blog Talk Radio. Sometimes referred to as the soul of the Torah or the tree of life. Today, Darren Bucare will be discussing Kabbalah and ceremonial ritual right here on Spiritual Insight with Darren Bucare. Join us. Today, still waiting for the song, still waiting for the song, still waiting for the song. Well, the song and intros look like they don't really want to happen today. (laughs) So, I want to go ahead and bypass them. Welcome, everybody. I'm out here in the studios at Cafe Fairfax, awaiting... Our host, Mr. Darren Bucare. Here I am by the drum kit. Sometimes when we're out here in the studio, the songs are slow to play. And this happens. Today, our topic is Kabbalah. And let's go over maybe a brief definition of Kabbalah, which I said sometimes referred to as the soul of the Torah. Kabbalah is an ancient Jewish tradition that teaches the deepest insights into the essence of God. This interaction with the world and the purpose of creation, Kabbalah teaches the essential Jewish cosmology. Now, some people... Uh, like so many things, and especially which may be true in the spiritual or, I guess, mystical community, is some people debate what Kabbalah is. Some say it's not even religious at all. Some say it's just very simply a practice Some even say it doesn't have anything to do with magic or ceremonial magic. There's a lot of back and forth as to how you can truly learn it, whether it's still, as it once was, a secret school. It was considered to be only taught to a few who were deserving trying to do now, or what I am doing now, is going back to the studio page and seeing if it actually says so far, it actually says the cannot even open it. Well, I have one open, and it's been having some issues today, as the technology sometimes will. Still awaiting Darren's call. But let's discuss a little bit more about Kabbalah, the tree of life with the ten sephiroth. And some people say it can be divided into four. Some are calling that Jacob's ladder. 
again, some people have tied it in with with just being a practice in an old secret school. Some people say there's two uh, categories. One called masit, um, or practical Kabbalah. I'm going to check again to see if Darren is here. Oh, he's here. Spinning, spinning, spinning. I see you there, Darren. I've turned on your mic. For some reason, the technology's working a little bit slow today. But what is sometimes called a seat or practical Kabbalah? There you are. You're on. Welcome, Darren Bukhari. Okay. So, yeah, no, I've, I've been, I called in about five minutes ago, so I don't know. I believe you. None of the well, songs the, are working. None of the plugs are working. <laughs> Every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, I'm like just sitting there like, doo-doo-doo. Um, yeah, I couldn't get to the studio page myself, so now I now it just came up, so we'll, we shall see. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's the most intrinsic way to tap into the creation matrix of uh, the divine force that actually formed, uh, you know, arguably formed the planet and all that jazziness. So, so it's it's some powerful stuff. It really is. And that's why ceremonial magic uh, utilizes Kabbalah as much as they do because they they understand that it really taps into the raw material that has helped form uh, the world we we live in. So you can use those tools to reshape your physical world. Can you imagine the power behind that, which would be amazing? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where that whole ideology comes from. And it's sometimes said that there are two types of Kabbalah, and one being the practical techniques, very specifically, and one being a more contemplative, or I guess what you might call a more like a mystic, deep psychological search. It's the same thing. Well, there's the right. There's the the more theoretical, intuitive, and then there's the more pragmatic, which is like I'm actually going to try to, you know, create, destroy, build up, reposition things in the physical world. And then there's the because the, you know if we've if you want to see a wonderful um, movie about the, the subject, there's a movie called Pi. Came out in the mid to late '90s, I think mid '90s. Um, and it basically explains how each each uh, word in the Torah has a number, and each number is a letter, and each letter is spelled out into different things that equal different aspects of the world. So, largely, it's a it's an it's an it's an alphabet. It's a it's a numeric system, but everything adds up to the substructure of what we live in which is humanity and soul. So there's all sorts of ways to really approach this theoretically and say, okay, well, where, where, you know, wh- why do we have this? Where did it come from? And that's the, the cornerstone of uh, the Judeo uh, faith, you know, is really, is the, is the, I mean, the Torah is the backbone of it, really. So 
is pretty amazing. Um, now, what's uh, interest? What? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying in the beginning. I was saying some call, have called it the soul of the Torah. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, the, the tree of Sephiroth, let's talk about the Sephiroth. <clears throat> There's ten Sephiroth, and then the tree of Sephiroth is the tree of life. So when we look at the different aspects of life, each of the Sephiroth, uh, Gabadura, Malkuth, Yesad, they like they all represent different aspects of life. Now, the symmetry between the Sephiroth and what the Vikings think of as the Fusark, which is the major uh, runic system, is is really, really, there's a huge amount of symmetry there. And then the, the other thing is, is that the 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 runic system for the Elder Fusark is exactly as primal and powerfully connected to the real heavy aspects of our day-to-day life in such a way that it really... When I say primal, I'm I'm saying like primitive ass, like a primitive way to just reach into the real element of what's going on mystically and change it. And so uh, that's a uh, it's a powerful thing, it really is. So if you can draw a line between the fact that uh, I'm not going to say the ancient Jews, but the Jews who really did develop the Torah into what it is today knew that you could really tap into the creation matrix of the, you know, of the highest energy and utilize it and change things. And if it's to elevate somebody spiritually, fine. If it's to take mud and sand and clay and, 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 and galvanize it into a protector for the people, it, it that too. And imbue it with life. Because that's what it is. It's the tree of life. And that's what, and then just to draw back to the Vikings again, they have a tree of life as well, which is insanely similar to the tree of life in the Kabbalah as well. So it's it's to draw a line through, between the symmetry is just, it's amazing. And if you think about it, the Jews resisted being Christianized. For the, you know, they're, they're, not, they're, they're still not. And the Vikings resisted it for a very, very, very long time. So... You can see that the the, the 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 real powerful aspects of connecting with spirit that don't have anything to do with the New Testament are some of the more really heavy, powerful nuclear bomb type aspects of spirituality. And that's what we're dealing with, and that's why ceremonial magic utilizes this system because it is so powerful. Yes, and around the turn of the century, the ceremonial magicians began to talk and write books, whether it was you know, William Butler Yeats or Crowley or whoever. And these systems, like Golden Dawn, did incorporate Kabbalah. You know, I think I have a copy of his regard, Golden Dawn handbook. And, and it's some studied stuff. I'm, it's it's definitely um intellectual magical system highly intellectual highly what what is let's talk about what is ceremonial magic what, is, what so anyone that's um, just a layman that's listening to this show 
Do you want to hop on that, Daniel, Michael? You want oh, sure. To... I would consider that to be, yes, uh, ceremonial magic is often the magic of summoning a divine force through a series of properly aligned correspondences, which is big in in ceremonial magic, and as well as incorporating a protective circle, as well as a protective triangle and circle, oftentimes even using, say, a a dark mirror or a reflective surface, or in some way to actually visualize the presence. And there's a few different ways. I use the mirror as a classic example. So it's often the rituals are longer. They're 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 intellectual. There's a lot of excuse me correspondences that line up, including when you're doing it, including uh, what moon phase could be involved, including what planetary energies are lined up with what herbs that you you might be or might not be using, uh, the color of the candles. Uh, it's 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 very detailed, and it usually ends up it's summoning. It's insanely detailed. Yeah, it's like or it's like a lot. Yeah. Is it my favorite thing on the planet? Uh, no. Do I live in New Orleans where people would rather just throw some stuff together and be very like <laughs> organic about it? And that's kind of the name of the game here. Uh, yeah. Is that more me? Um, yeah, that's a little bit more me. Do I really want to? have to get a very specific robe that is uh, measured out to the exact length of the length of the, you know, the rainbow that uh, crested the Library of Alexandria and a table measured out to be exactly this this length that is exactly counterclockwise from the Eastern Sea to the, like, I mean, it's, it's that's what we're talking about here. It's like insanely, it's all, and all the numbers need to add up. And that's why if you're going to hop onto that bandwagon, that's why I tell people all the time, they're like, well, you know, high magic and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to do that, you better know what the hell, you you know, you better don't, don't, it's like a, like thinking. you got to follow the recipe. That's yes. what I do. Am, am, I ba- am I baking all the time? No. Because <laughs> I don't like to measure stuff and do, it's just not my favorite thing. Can I do it? Sure. I have a waffle iron in a closet. I love I love to make waffles, but I know that I got to look up the damn recipe for the damn batter, and I better do it the right way. And can I do it? Sure, but it just it t- you know it takes an effort. It takes me to go. Okay, I better do this. So you got to do the recipe for ceremonial magic. It is important because here's the thing, and you better know who if you want to get somebody on the on the horn, you better know who the hell you're trying to get a hold of, and for what and why. And it better you better have your circle everything in your circle better be appointed in the right way and everything written out or or in chalk or whatever you're doing in the right way because you screw some stuff up like really bad. Yeah, it's it's not play because you're often summoning a name and you invite a name into your life. <laughs> Rather than just working, say, with a, an, an elemental energy or something like that, you're you're naming something. You're kind of waking them up and going, "Hey, will you come talk to me?" <laughs> and right. Oh, they don't and, really... and, and, and make no mistake, if, if you're dealing with an elemental energy, and I think we talked about in a in a previous show earlier in the year about summoning, say, like an airy spirit or a spe- you know a spirit of the elements, is 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 
as dangerous as it is anything else you're going to summon. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't want to summon, you can summon a servant of the air to go and watch you, watch your friends, watch your grandma, make sure she's okay. But believe me when I say, you better know how to A, bind it to you, B, like make sure that it, it, it just can't do whatever the hell it wants because then what you're going to have is basically a tornado inside your living room. And then it might be inside your grandma's living room because you mentioned your grandma and you told him to go watch your grandma and, oh, it's going to go watch your grandma. And it's going to watch your grandma and then throw all of her, her teeth set against the wall and throw blast her windows open and do all kind of crazy stuff. So you do know what you're doing. It's definitely important. In high magic... That's when you start to get a little bit more into, though I'm trying not to use this word, you know, like, but you get into dark magic or, you know, people summon. There's many different types of beings. Well, there's just, well, let's say this. Okay. I mean, when we're dealing with Wicca and Gardnerian traditions and, and a lot of that sort of thing, you know, Buckland, Bucklandians and all that stuff, we're dealing with a pretty rote, way of doing things. You know, you call four quarters, you got a circle, you do you know, and it's like, you know, and instead of getting into all sorts of extraneous forms of divinity, you got a lord and a lady and that's it. Okay, so that's your your basic, you know, masculine feminine. Keep it, keep it simple. Alright, great. Now, yeah. if we're dealing with Kabbalah, we're dealing with the intrinsic elements that formed <clears throat> heaven and hell and, and the world that we stand on. And we're, we're really, if you're even going there, you're acknowledging that angelic forces are part of what we deal with. Now, whether they be angelic or demonic, the Kabbalah almost doesn't give a shit. The Kabbalah is just like, it is what it is, right? Black and white pillar, there is, you know, bad is bad because you think it's bad, right? For some people, bad is normal. For the, you know, the cult of the thuggy and in India, who worship Kali, they think, okay, well, you got to sacrifice a baby every now and then. That's normal. <laughs> like, that's just standard best practice, right? And here in America, we would probably, we would persecute that person and they would go to the lecture chair for throwing a baby in the river, okay? You just, I mean, that's, it is, it's subjectional. Um, so when we're dealing with Kabbalah, you know, somebody who, and that's where, where you're saying, like, well, you deal with a lot of the dark elements, it's like, the Kabbalah doesn't recognize dark or light. It just says that it is, you know, this is, these are all aspects of life. So some may seem a little darker. And, you know, unfortunately, demons are part of our day-to-day, what's, what's happening in our life, unfortunately. Would I ever call a demon? i am probably never find a reason to call a demon. just would never do it. Mm-hmm. Don't feel, don't think there better be a fucking damn good reason. Um, and it better be everybody's ready, getting ready to die or something's going to, I would never really I don't I don't see why I would have to. But are they a part of what happens in our world? Yeah, they are. I do I have to have I had to call one to get one out of somebody is uh out of the uh, out of them? Yes, I have. Have I have I had to order them out of people's homes? Yes, I have. Would I call one to sit and chat with me and have scones and like a little <laughs> afternoon tea? Oh, hell no. Definitely not. And that's where you have to realize there's tons of divinity that you can work with that is that is more elevated in that sort of thing. 
You know, like a gun doesn't real. You know, a gun's not good or evil, and neither are the the sephirot that you would use to conjure or or command things. You know, a gun's gonna not recognize who's good or evil. If somebody comes in to kill you, they drop the gun and you pick it up and you aim it at them and shoot them. You know, and you're the person that's defending yourself. It's not gonna care who's shooting it. So just like the 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 will that you put behind the the mystical energies and and when you intone them, it's not gonna worry. You know, it doesn't care whether or not what your intention is. It's just gonna do whatever your your intent is. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have to be. And that's why you have to be careful. Exactly. And, and again, with with the high magic, there's a lot of correspondences. Uh, it's fascinating stuff to read about. It's not really something I practice, but uh, lining everything up just right, making sure a plant has the right planetary energy, making sure, uh, I mean, if you're using an herb or whatever, uh, it, putting thing, the tools having the right planetary energy right down to the color of the the candles and maybe the altar cloth. I mean, there's, there's a lot of details. And I think the reason for all the detail is I think if people think they got all the details right, of course this gives you that almost like that 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 earthy backup that like for people, especially for people that like detail, it, it the Virgos of the world or whatever, and and they'll they'll just say, well, I, I did everything right, so I know this is gonna. It, it really helps their mind believe in what they're doing instead of just going through a, a, a motion. Well, and, and knowing that. That's why I say, okay, maybe I don't have to do all that stuff, and that's what I decided way, uh, way long ago in my mid twenties. Okay, do I really need to go find a piece of wood that was hit by struck by lightning, and put it off, put it like you know, counterclockwise on this a marble slab, and do this, this, and this? I mean, is it all really that important? And what I realize is that getting all those, acquiring all that stuff, is what puts your mind in the place of mystical and ritual and of the profound and supernatural when you say, okay, now I can do, now the supernatural is going to happen because I have this like mold alfalfa and I have this like all this stuff that I needed to get and it's like, okay, yeah, but let's say you believe it anyway and let's say you can get to that, that mystical place and that, that profound place without doing all that then you don't really need it, per se. But the thing is, it, it all, of, all you know, it does it does synchronize some things. It does if you align yourself with the planet, if you align yourself, you know, and, and the, the thing about ceremonial magic is certain, certain angelic forces, certain divine forces listen and see you if you do certain things. It's like having somebody's phone number. So... If you inscribe X amount of symbols on the ground, if you do this sort of thing, chant X, X, and X, then a certain type of denizen of either heaven or hell or Sheol or wherever is going to hear you. And if you don't do all that, they might, they probably won't hear you as easily as if you did do all that. Then again, they might hear you. That's the thing. That's the, that's the kicker is getting all this stuff and ordering a robe from Amsterdam and a censor from Israel and doing all this stuff that you think you need to do, you might just be able to sit in your bedroom and go, hey, uh, hey, Astarte, or hey, 
hey, um, you know, uh, Metatron, or hey, whatever, and they might, they might, you might get get them on the horn. I do say might because odds are probably not. But it's what, what do you the, what do you think, Daniel? Michael, do you agree with me? Do you agree with me on that? Uh, yeah, I think it's very possible. I think there's plenty of people that have called out to Archangel Michael when he mm-hmm. came to their aid, right? A popular one. I'm picking a popular Archangel. Oh, you just dropped, Darren. So if you can try to call back, that would be great. And at the same time, those details can also really serve us. And if you have everything lined up in the ritual, I can definitely see how that gets your mind in in the proper place. I see your back spinning, and you're back on. Okay. We got lost. <laughs> a little bit technical yeah, today. Yeah, dropped off there for a minute. Happens. Uh, so I was saying, yeah, I'm sure people can call upon. I'm saying Archangel Michael, who's a popular one, and he's come to their aid, as well as I can see if if you think something's really important that you want to do everything right and draw the name on the floor properly, mm-hmm. and and you go, well, now I know. So it's a little extra, like, Confident, you know. Now I know he's gonna hear me because I, I did all the stuff and I, all the correspondences are right and it's the right direction and all those things. So yeah, I, I think it's a little of both. <laughs> I think it's it's kind of almost well, maybe the details more for the person than for the. A little the, off the, off topic, but I remember my mentor last time she popped over my house. Uh, I wanted her to like look at a lot of the altars I have, and she's like, "Well, you know, you really." you need to be initiated into this, this, and this before, I mean, if you're going to, you know, be a Santero or something, you need to, the, the Orisha, which are the divinity forms of Santeria, they, you know, they, they, in order to, for them to really work with you and listen to you, you do need to be initiated to this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, this is what, and, you know, and I went over with her again what happened to me because I told her maybe years ago, 10, like 11 years ago, what happened. And I went over it again. And she said, well, that's definitely very powerful, and, and they have touched you and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, so if they picked me out and touched me, and I've been interacting with them the whole time, is it really that important that I go to, like, Haiti or New York and get somebody to come over and, like, slash me in the back and do, like, eight other things that I'm supposed to do? Like, is it really? And she's like, well, that, that, that's right. Like, it's not to say that they're not going to listen to you and interact with you and, and you're not going to have a relationship with them. But it's more profound to to do it after you're initiated. I'm like, well, apparently that's something that everybody out there believes, and they're gonna support and back up because those people that initiate people they need to make their money. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? But but I'll tell you right now, um, I've had made insane amounts of metaphysical things, changed people's lives, worked with, been been visited by all these divine forces without the technical, like, okay, I'm going to go pay somebody that, that is, is, is an initiate in this, in this religion and do whatever they tell me to do for a day and a half, and then it's okay for me to do what I'm doing. So that, that applies to Kabbalah. That applies to a lot. You know, you, don't, you want to respect and not be haphazard about what you do. You want to respect it because that's how you get into trouble. However, if you have a respectful um, approach to something, 
and you do understand the gravity of it, and you're well-read on the subject, and you're humble and respectful, then I think it's okay to attempt to communicate with certain divine forces as long as you're respectful, benevolent, and gracious. I don't think it's a bad thing. Because what it is is your own journey into spirit and your own journey into knowledge. And I think that's okay. Now, if you know something is a scary, uh, I will melt your face off, sort of a lower lower life, you know, a lower spirit or lower divine force, like, say, a Braxis, okay? You're not going to be like, okay, today I'm going to call a Braxis, and I want to get to know him, and I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm well-read on it, and I think that he might be a cool person to talk to. Um, he's going to try to screw with you. He's going to probably try to ruin your life. And if you do let him in, he's going to ruin your life. So we don't want to maybe talk to that person. It's just mm-hmm. like being discriminating about people you talk to on the street, you know? I don't want to, like, nine people a day ask me for money or a cigarette or something in the French Quarter. Like, every day there's some homeless person or some crazy person or somebody that's trying to steal stuff, just trying to bug you or ask you for something, right? So if I went up to that person and said, hey, let's hang out, <laughs> you want to get, you want to spend some time together? Um, I'm going to end right. up, all my money's going to be gone. Some of my car key is going to get stolen, and they're probably going to run off or, or end up possibly physically injuring me. So, no, I don't want to spend the day with that person. Probably not. And there's right. nothing against people that are squatting or, or gutter punch or anything like that. I'm not saying anybody's bad. I'm just saying you've got to be discriminating about who you spend time with spiritually, and you've got to be discriminating about who you spend time with um, socially, too. It's the, same, it's the same aspect. Yeah, you don't want the vampiric people. <laughs> of no, which, you don't. You know, all had friends like that that just seemed to drain, drain, drain. And sometimes well, it's right. worse than... You else. ask yourself why you feel a certain way, and it's really obvious why you do feel a certain way. It's because of, of that, that constant, uh, you know, energy suck on you. Um, but so you can use the Sephirot to really um, resonate your vibrations to a higher, higher level where you can begin to open a channel up to angelic forces, like, say, and really get, you know, some of the archangels involved, some of the other choirs of angels and things, and really maybe even ask them very specific questions, which is exactly what John D. and Edward Kelly did um, in the late 15th century, early 16th century, um, was open up a channel to a couple of angels that they had at their at their beck and call, uh, one or two specifically, um, that gave them the Enochian language. And the Enochian language is basically the cornerstone of, guess what, ceremonial magic, which is also in integrating the Kabbalah with the Enochian language, which is really elevating your consciousness into something that is really, uh, like, when I say elevating your consciousness, I mean... If you can you can communicate with forces that are highly angelic and that are elevated to the point of where, the, you know, I mean, like Gabriel, apparently, we look at things that, that he's been known to do just through the Bible. He's reduced cities into a pile of salt. Okay? Like, if you could do that, can you imagine the power behind something? 
So if we're, we're tapping into that and we're saying, hi, I want to talk to you and communicate with you and maybe relate to you as a peer, um, that's, da- that's, that's, that's dangerous. That's <laughs> really like, you're really, you're really asking for it. You're really, you're really sending it out there, you know? So you got to tread warily and that's why I don't work with as much, you know, of, of that sort of thing because it takes a lot of preparation. You want to know what you're doing. And if you're going to deal with angelic forces, then you better, you know, you better have a reason. You better know what you're doing and you better know how to communicate. And most importantly, you better know how to hang up the phone when you're done. Like, if you don't know how to hang up the phone when you're done, that's the worst part because then you're just, you're you're in big trouble. You need to be able to stop the communication and the interaction when you're ready to stop it and not when they're ready because they might not ever be ready. So if you open a channel, you have to be able to close it. It's extremely important. Hello, Daniel Michael? I'm here. I would say, Uh let's take what most people think about when they think about magic, oftentimes, is is Wicca. And that's it's a word that just people, even if they don't know nothing about nothing, it's a, it's a word they know. They've heard it before, right? Um, how would, what would you say would be the difference, or is there not a difference, between working with, say, an angelic force and working with the Lord and Lady and ancestors uh, in Wicca? Or do you think it's um, a different way of... You're tying in the energy that's Terran or terrestrial. You're saying Lord and Lady are spiritual aspects of something that lives in... You're thinking of nature. You're thinking of, like, let me connect with the earth. Let me connect with the, the elements that are around me, that sort of thing. Um, there's something elevated about angelic communication that is pure energy, pure spirit, that's not exactly strictly integrated into natural aspects of just everyday, day-to-day nature. There's that fifth element, that spirit, and that's what you're dealing with. As well as some natural elements, too. But my point is is that it's, it's something that... I mean, you can go to... Like, some of the most powerful... Uh, manifestations I've done recently are through Sir Nunnis, uh or the Green Man or, or that sort of thing. I've worked with that energy. And the earth is extremely powerful. I mean, it's extremely to utilize nature and asset, the wind and, and the and the trees and the, and the earth that you stand on and the lakes all be involved in what's going on, and that's why I utilize it. However, it's a different, it's a, it, it's an apple, a little bit of apples and oranges if you're going to try to open up a ceremonial, do a ceremony and use ritualistic magic to communicate with angelic forces and the planetary forces and the planetary intelligences because they're planets that are not Earth. And their intelligences and their their angelic beings that are not of this Earth. Now, if you want to connect with angelic-type beings that are, that are of this Earth, then you're contacting the fallen angels which is we went over that, <laughs> which are demons, and that's right. a whole other. That's a horse of a different color. 
So it's 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 kind of it's kind of what you're what you're aiming at is, is, is what you're looking. You know, and it's 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 not it's not you know wholly different, but it but the 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 end is different. Mhm. I think I lost you, Darren. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. And then, then learn the Sephiroth and learn the um, the Tree of Life and learn everything you need to know about the aspects of that. Um, and then if, if it's something that you really, by the time you really get through all that, you will have a, a, a rudimentary understanding of how to communicate with the higher aspects of the energy that has formed our life around us. And that is what the Creator has pulled together. So... If you understand all that, you can really do a lot to elevate yourself spiritually. So it really is something powerful and wonderful. As far as ceremonial magic goes, um, follow the directions. <laughs> do everything it says if you want to do it. Um, if you don't if you don't have patience for that, then don't do it. But that would be my recommendation. Because that's exactly what I that's my, my that's my take on it. So how about you, Daniel Michael? What do you think? Oh, yes, I agree. If you're going to throw yourself into that system, then pay attention to your correspondences, pay attention to your directions. And there's many different groups you can find ceremonial magic, you know, honestly, including the, the Masons. <laughs> They're a form of ceremonial magic mm-hmm. with that out of their plays and, and things like that. Uh, and there's different groups, Temple Astarte, uh, the, the New Golden Dawn, for example. So there's places you can go there's other independent groups and so I agree follow the details learn your correspondences it's not something you learn quickly like you said with Kabbalah learn the Hebrew language I mean that's not something you just do but you don't but you don't need to be in a ceremonial magic to be in the Kabbalah Kabbalah is is a wonderful thing to know if to to to, to study if you want to understand the world we live in it's, it's a way to tap into that and you can do it through science, 
You can be a microbiologist. You can do all that stuff. You can study the hydrogen collider. You can do everything like that. Or you could do it spiritually, and that would be using the Kabbalah or other forms to really study the pure essence of life. And that is amazing. It really is. So how can people contact you, Darren? Yeah, you can get a hold of me for a consultation um, at D-B-U-C-A-R-E, and that is at gmail.com, or you can get a hold of me at Marie Lovo's House of Voodoo on uh, Bourbon Street in New Orleans. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We had a few technical difficulties, but we made it through (laughs) and learned a few things, I think. Thanks again, Darren. Thank you for tuning in to Spiritual Insight, and um, we will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you all next week. Have a great... Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.